Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the week 13 preview edition of Hawk Hill Focus. Deputy Commissioner Sam Robinson, alongside Commissioner Kyle Brandis, no showrunner David today. Kyle. Shocker. Shocker. Kyle, where do you think David is today? I think that David is at a doctor's appointment to take care of some issue that he uses ointment to fix. Interesting. So we think maybe David has a rash of some sort. Hemorrhoids, maybe. Who knows? Maybe hemorrhoids. All right. That would really suck. Well, hey, drop in the Discord where you think David is and why he isn't here. Is he at a doctor or is he somewhere else? Is he boondoggling on vacation somewhere? We have no idea, truly. He just kind of didn't show up. Yeah, maybe he'll get uh, bonus points. You'll get bonus points if you can even make a meme of where you think David is right now. Ooh, that could be fun. I, I, we, we love good memes. So. Something to consider there in the Discord. Keep it going. Yes. But, Kyle, we have a very fun-filled episode for the two of us. This, uh, this, what are we putting this on Thursday? This Thursday yes. afternoon. Today is Thursday, December 1st, officially, officially the last month of the year. Wow. Here we are. So today we are going to cover some season long regrets that we've encountered during the season for our team specifically. And then obviously get into pickups, which I feel like is everyone's favorite segment. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, Kyle. Do you have anything that you have to say to the people before we start going down the dark, lonely path that is fantasy football regrets? I just want to make one announcement here, Sam. Uh, You know, I will be MIA in a couple of weeks, um, you know, due to personal commitments. I will not be available as your commissioner of this great league. So I'm officially making the announcement now that from December, December 12th, at 8 a.m. through December 19th, the end of the Monday Night Football game, your acting commissioner of the SJUFFL will be our deputy commissioner, Mr. Sam Robinson. Sam, I put, I am putting great faith in you. I think you'll do a fantastic job. Um, I am a little worried that there might be a coup staged against me while I'm out, but uh, I got to hope for the best. Yeah, no promises. After the uh, the Matt Crush Sam Robinson ticket the other week, there might be a couple of league changes by the time you get back. But oh god, we're excited. You know, the the deputy commissioner's office is excited. We've been, you know, waiting and ready for the opportunity in case our name was ever called to fill in. Obviously, uh, we're happy that it's a personal commitment, not some sort of tragedy that has a spark to the uh, the uh, the. I guess am I interim commissioner? Is that my No, that's why that's why I said acting commissioner, be interim okay. commissioner if we were looking for a replacement. Got it. Okay, so acting commissioner um for about whatever that week or so span. About a week. So everyone okay. respects Sam more than you do. Uh he'll have all the powers to do whatever you know I'm able to do. So uh but yeah, Maybe that's that'll all... be your season long regret making me commissioner for a week. Maybe that you know you know, I'll say what I have to say today, but we might want to revisit this segment in the offseason. And uh, if I'm still around, who knows what will happen during that week. Yeah, I could shut down the whole podcast. But let's not worry about that. Let's worry about what we've done. Uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> worry about what we've done, the damage we've done so far this fantasy season. 
Because Kyle, I feel like my team being six and six, you probably don't have as many regrets being a 10 and two team sitting high and pretty. Um, and unfortunately David's not here because like, you know, similar to my situation, it's a little, I guess, uncharacteristic that our teams are struggling, which obviously means there's things that we've messed up. There's things that we could have done differently, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I guess I'll get it out of the way for David. He had left us one note prior to not showing up today, which we thought was odd that he told us this ahead of time, but now it makes sense. David told us that his one regret this fantasy season was dropping Justin Fields. I don't recall if that was someone that he had drafted and then dropped, or maybe he had him earlier and then dropped. Um, But he did have Justin Fields at some point. He then dropped him, which honestly... I don't see as that big of a regret being that he has Justin Herbert as his quarterback. I mean, yeah, but Fields, you know, especially recently, Fields has been putting up numbers for David. Uh, David did draft Justin Fields in the 14th round this year. So there's keeper value there. So there's keeper value there. Fields is probably going to be, you know, if I had to guess, you know, maybe a sixth round guy, sixth, seventh round guy next year. Um, so definitely value there. You know, he dropped him on September 24th, you know, when he wasn't performing that well. Sam, you actually also had Justin Fields. He was on your roster for maybe 20, you know, 29, 30 hours. I would uh, say he was there for the hottest second. Yes. Not even a week. Did not make it to a, a game day. Uh, it was off your roster. And then Larry swooped in, picked him up uh, a few weeks later and hasn't looked back. This is really when... Fields started popping off. You know, if we're looking at the matchup by month, Sam, you really dropped him probably right before he started peaking. Yeah, yeah. you know, this was going to get into my, I guess, first regret. Um, I did have Justin Fields on my roster. I don't recall which quarterback I had dropped him for, if I'm being honest. I'd have to go through the transaction and look. It probably was like a, a Jared Goff-esque quarterback, like a no-namer that seemed like maybe a little bit of a better option that week. Fields, I do remember, did go off the week that I had dropped him. I believe that was his Washington matchup, week six, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there's also not a great detail of uh, of dates on the game lock here on the little app that I'm using. So you can look that up yourself. I dropped him on like the 13th of October, um, the day after waivers. So you, you dropped him on, you picked him up on October 12th. You dropped Kenny Pickett to get Justin Fields. The following day, you dropped Justin Fields to pick up P.J. Walker. Wow. So, yeah, a pretty uh... – and I had I didn't even start P.J. Walker. That's the funny oh. thing. I pulled, him, I pulled him last second to put Russ in. It was a whole ordeal. Um, and then, yeah, Justin Fields ended up going off. So, I live with that one. That's definitely one regret that I have. Sticking with quarterback regrets that I have, I now understand – you know when you, like, watch a movie – and there's always a character, you know, we're talking like rom-coms, things like that. There's always one character that's in a tough spot, maybe a tough relationship where you're like, why are you with this person? He's been terrible. He's been trash throughout the movie. And like, you're still waiting for like, you know, you're waiting for something to change. I can no longer sit there and say, I don't relate to that feeling because Russell Wilson and I have had a very similar relationship. All he has done for 12 weeks Three months. He has stunk. He has stanked. He has stinked. Whichever stinks. way you want to phrase the word, I'm making up, you know, ways to past tense stunk at this point. He's been bad. 
He had one really good week against the Raiders in week four. He had 30 points. Ever since then, he has been a complete trick. Dude has broken 15 fantasy points three times this season, two of them being 15.7 and 15.8. Oh, wait, sorry, week one he had 19. So four times, four out of 12 weeks, so one-third of the time. He's only gone over 20 points once the entire season. And for some reason, I still haven't dropped him. I, it's a regret. It's, I don't even know what to do. Part of me wants to hold on to him still, thinking that the, the thought process was the Broncos offense was too good to be bad the entire year. And here we are with the year, the regular, our regular season year almost over. And this is the guy that's getting paid $49 million to be terrible. So big regret is falling, you know, for Russell Wilson you know, the weird TikToks never threw me for a loop or anything. I stuck by him. The high knees on the airplane. I stuck by him through everything. I started him a handful of times. And now I'm just in a quarterback carousel every week trying to find a streamer because I, and I still use a roster spot on Russell Wilson, which is the worst part of it all. So, so now that I'm thinking about it more, you know, a big argument, and I'm going to take us back a few years actually here, because something I've always said is that I think i thought that Tom Brady was a system quarterback in New England. Um, yeah. It doesn't appear that way anymore. It doesn't appear that to be true. Tom Brady, you know, not doing great this season, but over the past, you know, three years. Well, 45. If you want to look at the past three years, he's still done a lot better than any of those New England Patriots quarterbacks have done, in my opinion. Um, so I think, you know, all that success that Tom has had in New England can be attributed to him. But looking at it now, is Pete Carroll's quarterback system, you know, just that much better where someone that like Geno Smith, who a lot of people have written off, you know, coming into the season is thriving in, you know, was Russ a product of the system then, do you think? Like, is, has he proved that this year? Or do you think there's still potential for him to have a Russell Wilson season next year? I'm not entirely out on him yet. I think there's too much history for me to be entirely out on him. And, you know, it's his first year. There's some... Those growing pains to be expected, which again, why the slow start didn't alarm me. Then when we got to week four and he put up 30, I was kind of like, all right, this is what we get. I'm not entirely out on Russ. I am, though, entirely in on the Pete Carroll quarterback system. I think was Russ probably talented enough where he also enhanced that Pete Carroll quarterback system? Sure. Like you don't see Geno Smith putting up Russ numbers, but also you don't see Russ putting up Russ numbers because he's outside of that system currently. Mm -hmm. I do have faith that he'll come back next year. I'm not keeping him. I'm going to make that very clear right now. Russell Wilson is not a keeper. He is available to be drafted next year if anybody wants to, you know, to Broncos country, let's ride this shit. But I, so I'm not entirely out. I wouldn't, you know, maybe next year he'll fall in the draft and, you know, I might take him as a backup if he's there just as a waiver, but he's entered with me, at least the Carson Wentz territory, which, you know, was kind of, hey, we saw really good flashes of Carson Wentz you know, that was obviously a much shorter time period, but he's someone that at every draft when I'm in those later rounds, like maybe you take a wire, a wire, a waiver on him towards the end. If you need a backup quarterback, just to, you know, see what happens. But yeah, overall, I'm not trusting Russ anymore. Um, he may get dropped. I'm not really sure what that situation looks like. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks out on the waiver wire. So oh, it's kind of hard to replace teams. him. But yeah, I was saying Matt has like eight quarterbacks right now. So that is my first regret, though, that I would like to talk about was uh, what Mr. Russell Wilson has done to me and is still 
doing to me as he holds a roster spot for the Sandemics. Yeah, so, you know, Sam, you, you alluded to this when you started, too. It is a little tough for me to have regrets this year, being 10-2, and two, having, you know, best record in the league, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, just a little bit too toot. Um, there are still a few regrets I have, and, you know, I have two regrets that I can think of almost immediately. Um, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but, you know, that that's what the purpose of a regret is. Um, you know, and also before I get into mine, I want to add, I would love to hear everybody else's regrets from their season so far. If you can leave them in, you know, a comment section of the uh, discord page, I was going to say Jeez. of this video, but can't do comments on podcasts. Unfortunately. Um, so, you know, just drop it in the discord, what your regret is, or if you have multiple, drop them all. Uh, we'd love to hear them. You know, I don't want this regret that I'm about to say to affect this player. Cause we're still happy to have had this guy on our roster. Um, He's been a mainstay on our team for probably the entirety of this league. I think six of the seven years I've had this player on my team. Um, but going back to August 27th at David's house with third overall pick, um, while we still love having Dalman Cook on our team, at the end of the day, it is about winning. Uh, we could potentially be 12-0 and right now had we taken Nick Chubb at that spot over Dalman Cook. Um, I distinctly remember... You know, this was in our, you know, in going into the week of the draft, I was dead set on taking Dalvin. I knew that's who I wanted. I thought he was the best option that was going to be there at number three. The week of the draft, I started, the thought started creeping into my head of, damn, do I want to take Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb has a history of success in this league. He is a back to back to back to back reigning champion right now in the SJUFFL. Proven winner, knows how to control the locker room, knows how to get the guys in shape for a playoff run. That's what I knew I needed this this year. I knew I was a, you know, there was a good chance of my team going to the playoffs coming into the season. I knew we'd need his leadership at the end of the year. Nick Chubb is a guy I do wish I had drafted instead of Cook. Um, you know, just having a better season right now. Um, I would have to look at the numbers game by game to see if he would actually would have gotten me to 12-0. and 0. I feel like he probably would have. Um, Dalvin, you know, he has had some great games in there. Don't get me wrong. And we're very happy to have him on the team. He's also a proven winner in the regular season. Um, but, you know, Nick is someone I feel like that we could have, um, you know, really, really benefited from having. Um, so, yes, that is my first regret of the season. One of my only two regrets of the season, uh, not taking Nick Chubb in the first round on draft night. Interesting. I think similar point to you, similar sentiment here. This is my, I guess, last regret um, that I'll touch on. Someone that we're happy to have around. Someone that's been... I guess we'll call it below expectations, but we're still, you know, he's heating up, he's turning it around. Hopefully he's healthy. And that would be Mr. Najee Harris, keeping him in with my second round pick. Because similarly, for most of the offseason, you think slam dunk, no doubter. The dude was like a top five back last year. You're getting second round value, especially in the keeper era where second round picks almost feel like third round picks. You know, you're not getting anything better. And he was a projected first rounder in regular drafts that don't have keepers. Obviously, he would have been first had I not kept him. But something was creeping in my head. And I couldn't get out the fact that Najee Harris was incredibly unproductive with the football last year. He was carried solely by the fact that he was getting 20 plus touches a game. And, you know, he'd rush 20 times for maybe 80 yards and find the end zone 
you know, a couple of receptions. He was peppering in, you know, almost a floor of 10 points by the fact that, you know, with 20 touches, you sure hope you can get to close to 100 yards and then, you know, adding the receiving in. And this year, while he has, you know, I guess the last three weeks, he put up 9.9, 23.6, and 9.9 again, but left the game early. He does look like he's turning around. Those touches do also follow 20, 20, and 10 over the last three weeks. Again, he left the game at halftime, so double that. You assume he would have been at 20 touches by the end of the game. Up to that, you know, weeks one through eight, nine, if you want to include the bye, and even the 9.9 games really aren't great. It's just great in comparison to what I've been seeing. But that inefficiency has haunted him as he's not seeing as many receptions. He's had two games with over five or five or more receptions, I should say. He has four touchdowns on the season. Three of them coming in this past game against Indiana and then two versus Cincy. So he's finding the end zone now, but the first half of the season where we probably needed him most, where we were struggling all around, much like the Avatar, he vanished. He was nowhere to be seen. Maybe Najee is the last airbender coming back now, and he'll feel good. He's got a favorable set schedule, I'd say, down the back half of the season. But those same kind of, like, I guess, uh, inklings were in my head, you know, questioning your decision leading up to draft night of, man, do I really keep Najee? Is he really going to live up to the value of the hype? And he frankly has not so far with a second round pick, a guy that's he's probably averaging under 10 points, around 10 points a game. I don't have his exact numbers in front of me, but it was, it's a, it's been a slippery slope and we're, you know, we're happy that he's here. He's been a very solidified flex position player now. Over these last three weeks, I mean, I know I mentioned him two weeks ago, but he's not the RB1 or RB2 to Alvin Kamara, who's also been underperforming, but I don't have as many regrets about him because there weren't many people to draft at that point um, in the season. So, Mm -hmm. Kaji, we appreciate you. We thank you, but you and Alvin have both been a bad surprise this season. That's unfortunate, Sam. But I will say that I think you're doing as best as you can with the, their performances. Still being six and six in the playoff, make forcing yourself into the playoff hunt. Uh, you've you've done a good job at adjusting to, uh, you know, what they've done done to you. By hook or by crook, we're going to scrap every way possible to get into that playoff. Yes, yes, that's that's the spirit. That's the spirit. So my last regret that I have of as of right now during the season. Um, you know, week going into week eight, I made a big trade this year. Um, you know, I do not regret bringing in Devontae Adams. He's been fantastic for my team. He's willed us to victory so far. Um, what I do regret, however, is trading away Amon Ra St. Brown to David over Mike Evans. Um, this is the stat line. These are the games that Amon Ra St. Brown has had since I've traded him. 18.9. Not fantastic numbers, but in the same time frame, Mike Evans, 12.34, by week, 3.1. I would have much rather had Amon Ross St. Brown during those times. Um, He definitely would have made a difference in, you know, the week that I played Jim. He actually... Uh, yeah, no, he would have made a difference in 
you know, I would have beat David by more points. Um, probably would have gotten me an extra win had I kept on to him. Um, he also had a lot of good keeper value. Uh, you know, fifth round pick. You know, I still drafted Mike. Mike's been on my team literally all seven years of this league. Um, he's another guy. It's not, you know, I'm not regretting having Mike Evans on my team. Um, but looking at the future value, you know, Amonor, I would have been a better asset for us. Um, probably would have been better coming into the playoffs. He has some nice playoff matchups. It's looking like, um, or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they both, both have good playoff matchups. So, you know, we'll see if Mike Evans can make me eat these words when it comes to, uh, you know, the bracket, but yeah, that's, that's how I'm feeling right now. I would have much rather had Amonor St. Brown on my roster right now than Mike Evans. Fair. Very fair. All right, Kyle. Well, unless you have any regrets, I think we can hear from a podcast sponsor that we have absolutely no regrets on whatsoever. Absolutely not. Let's hear it, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. We love having you. Absolutely no regrets to have you around. Sam, it's now time for our week 13 pickums. You know, last week, let's actually, I actually want to go through last week's results real quick for you. Um, I I am the least noteworthy, you know, record of last week. I went four and two. Good good for me. Over five hundred. The second most noteworthy record is David. David, you know, we didn't have a show last week, but we were, you know, we all agreed that we would submit our pickums via Discord, like everyone else for does normally. David did not do that. So as per the rules of Hawk Hill Focus, Pickums. David went 0-6 this week. That's not good. Again. Again, the second time he did it. Granted, last time he went 0-6, I think he bounced back with a five with two with back-to-back five and one weeks. So he might be able to come back for it, but not a great look, especially at the end of the season. And especially when the leader in the clubhouse right now is Mr. Sam Robinson with a 46 and 26 record after going. For the first time ever, one of the three of us goes six and zero in pickums in a week. Sam, you were yes. 0.1 points away from not doing that. Yeah, you almost as, sammed yourself. I would say, as I said earlier in the you know off air, Kyle, to you, there have been a couple of times this year where I've gone five and one, and the one game that I get wrong is myself. So we're happy to be on the right side of that one. Happy to be six and zero. Oh. I know Julie's done it a couple of times. Want to give her the flowers that she deserves because she's probably killing all of us when it comes. Oh, absolutely. To I don't know what kind of magic she's doing, but I'd like to learn so I can use it next year on you guys. It's probably those R programs. I bet she's running simulations of all the matchups. But Sam, since it's just the two of us, let's try something wild with our pickums. You know, we have all of them in our sheet right now. We have four locks of the week that I'm looking at right now. Do you just want to alternate reviewing each of those locks of the week? We'll only go a little more yeah. in depth on let's our toss ups. All right. I'll start. Um, you know, one of our locks of the week is myself against Matt uh, as of right now. Or everyone, myself, Sam, and David, we're all taking Matt in this one. Um, you know, I'll give my thoughts on it. I just, obviously, I'm picking myself. But I also think my team has a lot better matchups um, with Josh Allen going up against New England, uh, you know, Saquon going up against the Commanders, Devontae going up against the Chargers. Um, those should all be fairly high-scoring offenses uh, off and performances for those players. Um Matt has a big question mark at quarterback right now. Will he start Tua? Will he go with Deshaun Watson? If he goes, does go with Deshaun Watson, how will he be? Uh, it looks like Matt's again going with the two Green Bay running back system. Kind of worked out for him last week. 
Um, but you know, we we know how that does tend to work out for him when he does it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to take myself. I'm almost a twenty point favorite at this point. Um, you know, I'm just just open to move to a, eleven and two. Yeah, Kyle. I mean, just to add a little bit of color there. Your team's really freaking good. I mean, regardless of who who you were playing, you've lost two games all season. It's pretty. I don't want to call it a safe bet, but it's on the safer side to assume that you're going to win more than you're going to lose. Statistically. Although one of those losses did come against Mr. Matt Cross. It did come against Matt week two. I'm trying to avenge the loss. Uh, hadn't forgotten. So, wink, wink, I, Matt. I didn't include that in my equation here, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to stick with you, obviously. You're a lock here. So. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. And thanks, David. So... I am going to move into another lock of the week. And we, as a Hawk Hill Focus group, have decided that Larry is a lock of the week versus Jim. Now, one caveat I'm going to put out here, because I think we all probably are on the same boat. Currently, there are projections for both Travis Etienne and Jamar Chase to play. I don't know the extent of Etienne's injury. I know it was like a foot injury. He has a history. He missed all of last year with... Um, the Liz Frank, whatever that's called, surgery, um, or Liz Frank fracture, I think technically it is, and there is a surgery for it that keeps the sideline for a while. Regardless, Travis Etienne and his foot don't have a great history, much like David and his ankles. So when you hear some sort of injury, it's concerning. He is slated with projected fantasy points. I do see him playing. I guess you could slide Zeke into RB2 and then find a flex somewhere. Um, Jamar Chase is also designated to return. Um, and, and he's been out for a while now. So again, we're not sure what a snap count looks like at this moment. You know, coming off of a four-game absence, there hasn't been any sort of indication that he'll be limited in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, though, if the Bengals come out publicly and say, hey, Jamar's only going to play 10 snaps, that excuse me. But assuming that everybody's healthy. Um, Josh Jacobs also has a big red cue next to his game, his name. I'm not sure what sort of injury he may have sustained a calf strain um, huh. late in the game, but he's expected to practice. Um, oh, he actually left the game. He actually left the game. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, he had, he had left. Well, the he did, game. but then he came back and ran 87 back. yards in a tutty. So like, exactly. He's fine. Right. Um, but currently he is listed as questionable. He is not expected to practice much over the next few days. However, again, the fact that he was injured, came back, ran, makes you think that they'll at least suit him up and he'll have somewhat of a role. Um, which, of course, as a high-end running back like he is this year, you're going to play him and assume that he's going to get high-value touches near the end zone and things of that nature. So there is a reason to believe that there is some, you know, clouds um, around this matchup. For history's sake, Jim did beat Larry in week two when they matched up 110 to 81.48. Fun fact for you. So second straight game, we're going to go with the opposition of what happened in the original matchup. Um, but Larry's team, again, just looks a little bit more talented top to bottom. You're always at risk of getting Patrick Mahomes or Nick Chubbed. But other than that, I mean, Cortland Sutton's been a solid piece. But again, that offense hasn't been nearly as explosive as we thought. Going against Baltimore, you don't see a lot there. No one fears Jarek McKinnon. No one fears MVS. TJ Hawkinson's been all right. Um, George Kittle, again, has been all right. Those are just a lot of mouth to feed in both of those offenses. So don't love Jim's matchups. Love Larry's team, more or less. Brandon Ayuk is always a little bit of a questionable one for me. 
But assuming that they're healthy, you know, there's a lot of star power there. So give me Larry. Yeah, you hit every every topic, Sam. Larry. Yeah, I really rambled on that one. That's a uh... Larry on the way. Um, don't worry. I think I can keep it short with this next one. I want to take a look at the fellow Mark Bass division matchup at Columbus Curve and Nick Mandarano versus Alex Gale and Philly D's nuts. Uh, Nick, that's block of the week. That's <laughs> I have no analysis on this other than Nick. Gill Gill's team has not been good. Nick's team has been good. Exactly. Give give us Nick. All right. And I will probably keep this one short as well, as we have Julian the Oz Broncos going against the Gotham Rogues, which this could be a sneaky good matchup. I am intrigued. We do have Julie as a lock of the week. Mainly, for me at least, was because of the quarterback situation. Jalen Hurts is so incredibly good. And Sean currently has Jimmy G scheduled to start. He does have the big red cue. He is questionable for this game. There's also a question of whether Sean actually rosters Jimmy G for this week. He's been streaming quarterbacks alongside me. It's been annoying to battle him for quarterbacks on the waiver wire. But, um, you know, there's good pieces there. And we don't know what Samaj P. Ryan's role is going to be. I don't know what Joe Mixon's status is exactly, but um, if he does come back to play, P. Ryan's role shrinks, you know, how that works. Overall, I think Julius' team is just better. You know, Sean, this might be the dagger for Sean that officially knocks him out. Um, Julie did win in a week two matchup, 119.82 to 104.88 for whatever that's worth. Yeah, Julie, uh, I think Julie's got this one handily. I think Sean's been riding a little bit of a luck streak the past three weeks. Uh, I shouldn't be one to talk, but I am. Uh, and I, I just think that ends this week. I think Julie's team, Julie's going to have a bounce back performance and uh, beat Sean once again on this season. So we're all taking Julie. All right. Yes, so that'll... Two matchups yep. left? Yeah, we got two matchups left. This will take us into our nine locks of the week. Uh, I think the first matchup I want to take a look at is your Sam. You're going up yeah. against Rob. Now, in week two, Rob beat you pretty bad by almost 20 points. Yeah. Uh, 19.7, to be exact. Uh, as of right now, Rob is projected as a 1.8 point favorite. Uh, he has advantages in quarterback, RB2, both wide receivers, tight end, and flex positions. You do have an advantage right now in RB1, but Alvin Kamara, I do see a big cue mark next to him, so we'll see if he's able to play. I don't know exactly what his status is. Um, I do think that things will change of this projection. Sam, I'm going with you because I have a lot of faith in C.D. Lamb, George Pickens, and Cole Komet this week. I think those three are going to have fantastic games. D.J. Or I'm sorry, not D.J. C.D. Lamb is going up against Indianapolis. Should be pretty good for him. George Pickens going up against an awful Atlanta secondary. You know, Hopefully he can have a big game, a lot bigger than last week for you. Cole Komet going up against Green Bay. You know, I feel like when it comes to tight ends, Green Bay can't cover anybody. Um, should have a big week there. We'll see if you keep Derek Carr in there against... The Chargers, you know those AFC West matchups. I love them because they're pretty high scoring. Um, you know, hopefully you keep them in there. But uh, Sam, I am picking you this week. Thank you, Kyle. I am also going to pick me because why wouldn't I pick myself? Um, yeah, I feel confident—not overly confident, but I feel confident against the matchups that I have here. 
my only thing that is slightly concerning, we're not sure what the status of Aaron Rodgers is, but if he is going, he is playing Chicago, which doesn't matter how old or bad Aaron Rodgers is, he's going to put up numbers against Chicago. So slight concern there. Um, obviously going against a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you always have respect for what could happen. Do I fear like Taysom Hill as a tight end? No. You know, there's a lot of other things on Rob's roster that don't scare me, but there are a couple of big boom guys that you have to respect. We have to be prepared for. And uh, David, the reason I'm not a lock is because he went Rob's way, which he's not here to defend himself. So we're going to take. Which takes us to our final matchup. The man himself. David plays Hemi Neutron and Luca. This one's interesting. I did not know how close this projection was at this moment. Neither did I. I was going to say it was interesting more so from the fact that for me, I did pick David solely because I'm manifesting, as we talked about last episode, a potential Luca collapse where he doesn't make the playoffs. The more Luca loses, the more, I guess, there's a chance that I could win the division still. I'm going for gold here. I could root for David to lose and, you know, eke myself into that sixth spot. But I want the whole, you know, no one ever talks about almost climbing Mount Everest. I want the whole division. And if it's up for grabs, I want to have it. So that's my that's my personal take. I didn't even look at the matchups. I'm just picking David because I want David to win. So You're just and, you know, I mean, it. looking at his team now, like Justin Herbert versus Las Vegas, that's barbecue chicken. Give me that all day long. He is starting Michael Carter. I'm not a fantasy advice podcast, but I really don't feel great about that. There has to be. Actually, Foreman's on by, so maybe not. Mostert's questionable. Okay, maybe there's not a better running back on his bench. But, um, I don't know. Find someone off the streets at this point. It is a projection is plus or minus 0.5 uh, in favor of David. So, Yeah, you know, David obviously took himself as well. Um, Sam, I, you know, I did look at this matchup, and after looking at it, I think I'm going to stick with my guess and I'm going to take Luca in this matchup and I think he's going to I think it'll lock up the division for him this week I guess it depends on what you do uh, in your matchup but um, yeah no I, I, I'm i going to take Luca. Lamar might not have a great game against Broncos defense but Tony Pollard Jamal Williams Justin Jefferson uh, Pat Fryer Moose and Keenan Allen all have fantastic matchups uh, going up you know who they're going up against they've all been highly rated so far I think Jamal Williams you know, I'm going to put it out there now. Might want to put this on the hot take sheet. Jamal Williams is going to have another three touchdown game. Wow. Jacksonville. I'm going to say it. I think Tony Pollard is going to have over 100 yards on the ground. I think Justin Jefferson is going to have more than 150 yards receiving and one touchdown. Um, if I, I'm going to put this into a, a, a sports betting app and see how much money I could make if I put down $10 on that parlay. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's worth it maybe i'll do it who knows maybe i'll use some of the anchor money we get to do it yeah and then give it it back to the show absolutely we'd be rich exactly exactly but uh no i think luke luke is you know he has juicy matchups juicy matchups all across the board in this matchup honestly but i just think lucas are better he also does have history on his side in week two luke actually just blew the doors off david 130.92 to 87.06 I think history is going to repeat itself. Give me Gianluca in the Dave Duda division. Wow. Yeah, sorry, Sam. I would love to see you win, but I just I have to go with 
you know, I have to go with my brain instead of my heart on this one. It happens. Understandable. All right. But if Kyle, if you have nothing else, I believe we are good to wrap up the show here. We are good. You know, my final words will just be appreciate all the listeners we get. I uh, appreciate all the listeners we've had all season long. Um, I hope you all had wonderful Thanksgivings, by the way, too. I can't believe we're oh, yeah, a week we're past Thanksgiving. Uh, we're probably about three or four weeks away from Christmas. I can't do the math in my head right now. But uh, thankful for all you guys. Um, and yeah, just really happy to uh, be a part of such a great league, such a great community here on, here on the podcast and through Discord. Well, there's no other words I could say to really top that. So we're going to cut it there. I thank you all for listening. Best of luck in week 13. Kyle, sing us out. <gasps> glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die.